G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Project Sports. My name's Corey, I'm joined with uh, Zach Rubb. How are you going today, bro? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. That's great. How are you? That's great. Yeah, good. Well, we got the footy on in 25 minutes, Gold Coast versus Port Adelaide in silence in the background here, so we'll yeah, get to watch the first little bit of it uh, as we're recording today. Yeah, and it's good to see you finally crack a smile, mate. When I first got here today, Monica had to answer to the door and... And I found you curled up in your bed still crying about last night's West Coast loss, so... Hey, you can always, you can always feel bad for your team, but uh, look, I don't let it get me down for too long. Just, just a day or two, not like the whole week like you usually are. Yeah, yeah, well, I just, I just had to bring that up early because there was a few listeners last week that just made mention about how you got out of talking about West Coast loss. It wasn't, it wasn't... I just didn't uh, want it to be two weeks in a row. It wasn't noteworthy. I just think um, they didn't show up <laughs> and they didn't show up again last night and... That's just what champion teams do. They go through these ebbs and flows like the stock market, and uh, sometimes it just isn't their night. So um, let's talk about the golf, though, because I know this is something you want to bring up. Yeah, yeah, I've um, already had a chuckle about this. Well, unfortunately, so. unfortunately, golf remains 5-0, and so no win or loss for Zach or I this week because uh, we, uh, we didn't play on Friday afternoon. Um, and yeah. I know you've got some mixed feelings about that. So Yeah, well, I'm just... I just I, and I'm, I'm interested to see what the listeners think here, but... Corey actually um, forfeited on Friday afternoon and potentially for a, uh, a Sunday match as well this week. So I feel like I've, I've got a freebie here. It's five and one, but he oh, seems to disagree. I've, and look, he, he's, he's going to say he's, he's looked after his partner who's, who has had her wisdom teeth out, which... Uh, you got to do. I, it's, I, I it's, certainly understand that. But It's the doctor's rules. I was yeah. actually had to sign a form to release Monica from hospital um, and essentially so that... Myself as next of kin look after her for the next uh, 48 hours. So um, I don't understand uh, where you believe that I... Uh, this is kind of like the Conor McKenna case well, with I'm just, uh, the Bombers. Well, I'm just thinking if, you know, if someone dropped out of the PGA Tour, mate, they've, had that, they've forfeit, they've, they've lost that. So yeah, but they, you've essentially dropped out of our tournament and I've picked up the win. Thank you. No, but uh, this is, this is, I haven't even played in this game. This is, if, uh, if Tiger Woods doesn't play in the Masters 2021... It's it's not a loss on his name. It's just he didn't play that competition. So, yeah, but it's a two horse race. So, all right, I'm the only one left. So I I get the win. Man, if you want to put a little stroke against your name with a one next to it, then uh, so be it. But it's still going to be fifty one and one at the end of the year. So, Excellent. unless again I have to go and care for a loved one, <laughs> uh, and then sure enough I'll give you another stroke. But um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, mate, let's uh let's look at some tips as well. Um, we better because this is. Going to be another competition that uh, rages throughout the year. Pretty even this week. I can't really see much splitting us apart from the NRL. I took the uh, Broncos stupidly on, on uh, was it Thursday night? Thursday night. Of yeah. course it was Thursday night, mate. Do the Broncos play on any other day? Well, Thursday or Friday, so I just yeah. wasn't sure which day it was. But um, Apart from that, our weeks have been exactly the same. We've, we've backed um, all the same losers pretty much so far. Yeah, we haven't gone too well. No, I'm two from six and you're three from six. Uh, we've both got this afternoon uh, Canberra to beat Manly and uh, both, I don't know why I've done this, the Dogs to beat the Sharks. I could have easily gotten another tip back on you that week, but uh, yep. this week. But looks like you'll be pulling one back on me. Um, so I'll stay three ahead of you in the uh, NRL. Lovely. Uh, over in the AFL, we both went into this round uh, with a measly 11 for the first two weeks. And uh, <laughs> not much better on this front. Uh, two out of six so far as well. <laughs> um, well, well, I know today that we're going to give away a... Um, 
we're going to give our multi for, for this afternoon. But, you know, going off our, our tips so far this I would this back year, the opposite. I, I, yeah, I'd probably take the opposite, guys. Don't listen to us. Yeah, so. well, you'd probably win a fair bit of cash then. So, um, well, the Sarvi, anyway, we've, we've both got the Suns to uh, topple the Crows. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll talk about the Bombers and Demons game later, but uh, we both did take the Bombers there. And then uh, we've got Port to beat Frio. So we're going to go into the AFL um, even again. Um, but overall, I've still got those three tips on you from uh, the total between both comps. Yep. So let's crack into this uh, little new segment we've got going. Yep. Is uh, our weekend multi. So do you want me to start or do you want to start? Oh, you kick us away, mate. Alrighty. So what, what our little idea is here is uh, we're going to give away um, our Sunday multi or, or weekend multi uh, for one of the games or a group of games. Um, so I've got the Gold Coast and um, Crows game that's starting in about 20 minutes. Uh, I've got Gold Coast to win. Then four players have to pick up 20 or more disposals, which, you know, I don't know, is a bit tough in this environment with a shortened game. But uh, I just think it could happen in the Savi. So Brandon Ellis has come back in for the, the Suns. Um, and I reckon he'll get his hands on the footy. Uh, young Matt Rowell, who uh, he I think he got about twenty nine disposals last weekend, and only his second game. Um, so I I think he'll get another twenty. And then uh, the Crouch brothers, so Brad and Matt Crouch from the Crows. Um, if there's any kind of contest between these two teams, Asavi, they've both got to get their hands on the footy. So yeah. Um, but I do think, in the saying all that, the Gold Coast will win. Um, so it's paying me ten dollars and eighty cents the tip I've got on the Asavi. Nice. Um, so. A pineapple on that will uh <laughs> will go a long way this week. Yeah, we'll have to go to work. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> well, um, based off the tips, though, I will be going to work, so don't worry about that. What do you got, mate? Uh, I've gone for something a little bit different, a little something a little bit more generic, rather than a same game multi. And what I've got for you is in the AFL, I've gone the Gold Coast Suns to beat Adelaide, and then into Port Adelaide to beat Fremantle. And then I've also multied that up with the NRL, and I've gone the Raiders to beat the Eagles. And I've put my Bulldogs in there at $2.50 uh, against the Sharkies to round that out. Now, I just think the Bulldogs, um, after that, you know, they got off to a slow start last week against the potentially the, the, the best team in the comp right now, the Roosters. Slow start? They didn't turn up until the season, well, didn't Yeah, exactly. But they did get back into a bit of a grind in that second half, um, and the Sharks just haven't really impressed this year. They let 30 points in against the Dragons, who were on a, a bit of a losing streak last weekend. So, yeah, I don't know. The Sharkies, they're going to find something. And I just think Bulldogs probably overs at $2.50. So throw that in there for some value, and those four legs will get you to $9.50. So throwing another pineapple on that, you'll, uh, you'll nearly hit a grand again. So. Mm. This is going to sound a little bit contradictory um, because I have tipped the Bulldogs to Salvi, but mm-hmm. I think waste a tip on them, not your hard-earned money. That's all I think. But anyway, let's crack into some NRL news. Yeah, what let's you got do it. For us? Yeah, so first up, uh, we've got the news, the the news of yesterday actually, where Stephen Kearney, the Warriors coach, has been sacked for the remainder of the season. Now, I just find, I find this a bit of a weird one because, I mean, the Warriors out of all teams probably, you know, you, you never want to give excuses away, but if if anyone's got an excuse at the moment, That'd it's the Warriors. Mm. Uh, they've moved over here from New Zealand. They're away from their families. They've had a, you know, they've had a lot of injuries as well, and honestly, since they've been here, they're actually, they've won two from four. So, so they're not, they're not you know, their horrible. record's not horrible. And I know they got they got um, beaten by, 
South pretty convincingly on Friday night. But yeah, you've got to give South some credit as well. I think they played well. So I think there's, there might be a little bit more um, yeah, to the story, I think, rather than just the the record of this year because yeah, two from four considering you've moved you've had to completely shut up shop, move over here. Because they've been here since the outset. They've been here since round two, haven't they? Well, they they did go back home and oh, then okay. when the potential restart comes, so they they were probably here that four week that little sure. mini four weeks before the season started again. So in saying that though, that's probably you know, we're four weeks back now. That's that's they've probably been here for six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So and you've seen yeah. this pose in the AFL as well, which I'll bring up uh, later if you'd like me to about why West Coast are struggling. But yeah. you know, same sort of deal there, out of their home environment. Um, it's all abnormal at the moment. So you've got to feel for the Warriors overall as an organisation. Um, but yeah, it obviously seems like there, there must be more to this story if they're sacking him after. Yeah, and you just think, like, if, if you're going to do it, like, I don't know, probably. Maybe they should have done it before the restart. You know, it seems like it's something that was already preempted that mm. they had set in mind that they were going to do. Whether he won the next four games or he lost the next four games, yeah, so it's just been a, a good um, little time to do it. Now they've gotten yeah. beaten pretty convincingly. They went, oh, let's boot him now. Well, so. I, you know, for me, I just, I just think like, just let him see out the season. Like, what are you, what are you really going to get out of this team now by bringing a new coach in and, you know, five weeks into a competition when yeah. they're, again when they're they're not even at home. So, I think they probably just. I don't know, in my Where opinion, they, they should have stuck it out for the year and have they announced, announced who the new coaches? Uh, not that I've heard yet. I've heard a um, few rumours around um, just names being thrown up, like Kevin Walters. Um, uh, I think maybe Trent Barrett was in there. Shane Flanagan, who's assistant coach at the Roosters right now. Uh, yeah, Roosters right now? I don't know. You're yeah, telling the story. Right right story. Yeah, ex-coach ex, ex of the Granada Sharks. Uh, so there are a few names going around, but... Yeah, nothing set in stone. I was going to say, they're bringing someone over so. from New Zealand after quarantining for two weeks before, well, before he can actually coach the side, so they'll be in more strife. Yeah. I, just, I think it's just a weird timing, isn't it? And um, No matter what happens for the remainder of 2020, you know, if they don't win any more games or if they go on to be premiers, it's always going to have this season 2020 with an asterisk next to it because it's just been bizarre. Like, you, you can't sort of write this down as a normal year. Obviously, they've still got to show up and play footy and the best team... This year will uh will win the comp, but um it's just an odd one. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, moving on, we'll um we're gonna go into our poll for this week. So we're gonna chuck this up onto our Instagram and Facebook. So make sure you do check out the poll. Just recapping quickly last week's poll as well, um, about whether or not the eels deserve to be favourites for the competition. Uh, most of the people said no, they don't, which potentially after last night's game, maybe deservedly so, considering the Roosters, I think probably should, even though I think oh. I voted yes last week. But um, Yeah, I, I voted yes too. I think Eels are definitely going to be up there, whether or not they have the potential to, to beat the Roosters. Um, I think they were, I think they were pretty... They were sold last night. They were sold last night. Um, I actually watched that whole game, which was pretty interesting. Um I've got a few things to say about it too. Later. Yeah, well, I mean, before we do jump into that, that that's going to be next up. But uh, we're just going to go over this poll for this week, which is Sinbins. And do we like it or don't we like it? We've seen a few over the weekend. Now, I've talked to Corey when I got here today, and he's had a bit of a blow-up, which is a little bit unusual for Corey on a few of the Sinbins. I, I think um, the ones that we've seen this weekend, I personally think... They've been warranted. I mean, you look at Jermaine Asako on Thursday night, 
he might have been a little bit unlucky, just held onto the jersey too long. Um, they're trying to play the ball quickly. But in that situation where you've you've got the other team on the back foot and pretty well no one's home, you've got to be allowed to play on uh, to be able to get your advantage. And they weren't able to, so I think professional foul Sinbin. And Michael Jennings last night, a little bit unlucky. Uh, but again, he probably just he probably got a little bit lazy on the way back. Maybe thought the try was going to be scored in the opposite corner. Just didn't make his ground back the 10 metres. Knew that he was short. Knew that there was only the winger outside him and there was about five or six Roosters players heading that way. And yeah, he was just deliberately offside. Shut the play down. Uh, I think it's a, it's a try-scoring situation. Professional foul, Sinbin... Maybe harsh, but it's 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 warranted in my opinion. But I know Corey Wolski has a few different ideas, mate. I just I Let didn't know. I didn't like it. I mean, I think the Osako situation. He was very unlucky. That was a split second. Uh, and I know you explained to me about the context of the game and the situation of what if they're about to score a try or whatnot. But I just felt like if he was down on the ten meter line on. In the Knights um, field field area, uh, he wouldn't have it wouldn't have even been a penalty. It would have just been play on. Um, so I, I do understand what you're talking about, but I just I come from a you know understanding more of AFL where you know if you hit someone high, no matter if it's you know in the the goal zone up up forward or if it's in in the back or in the middle of the field, it's it's high no matter what. Um, so I just didn't like it, and I thought the Jennings one was I thought that was really unfair, like. Um, I understand they've said it was, uh, you say professional foul? Is that professional foul, that's the key, it's the key Come thing on. here, mate, he, professional he foul. Was, poor bloke was just lazy, he was knackered, yeah, he, he got back nine metres <laughs> instead of ten. Um, what do you, so my understanding of this is that, you know, if I, I would be in, under the impression now that if any time a bloke's offside, they're going to send him to the bin. Well, it's I've, just, it's a situation though, isn't it? The professional foul comes that... If Michael Jennings had, had just got back and then shut it down, it's fine. But because he was so far offside, with almost a guaranteed try on the outside, it you know, it's almost like just he's just imagine just running back through the play just to, and knocking the ball down. It's it's that kind of situation there where But he didn't do just, that though. He he's just he stopped the dead set try coming and he's in an illegal position. Professional foul. I don't know, see I, later, I see the sin being there for situations where a bloke punches another bloke in the head. Which we don't want. Get off the field and go. On. Well, I mean, it does open the debate, which many people have had before. Whether you know, it te- is ten minutes too long? Do you look at a five minutes in bin? Do you look well, at sitting them out for the next set to give the team the advantage? There's certainly other options, but you know, again, you know, I know we've talked about this. So I know you don't like changing things for a year, so we wouldn't do that now. But it could be something to look at. But at the moment, you know, it's like the old forex uh, gold ad, mate. Rules are rules, Macca. Oh, well, I'll just say I'm off it. So there you go. So what else do you want to say about it? Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Moving on. We'll, I will say that I also... AFL doesn't have sin bins. So, you know, you can you can grab someone by the jumper and punch them. Oh, I know. Jaw. I watched that. I yeah. watched that horrendously on, I think, Friday night. I just thought that was rubbish. And we'll talk about You're that. You're talking about doggies and giants? Yeah, just absolutely stupid what they were well, doing. We'll go anyway, that shortly. We'll yeah. have a... Yeah, we'll have a look at that of, Just a bit of fun, champ. Get over it. Bit of fun. Jeez. Oh, You're grown men. Seriously. Get on with Throw your... Throw one or just... Get on, footy. With, get on with your stories. Come on. All right. Anyway, so let's have a look at the Eels and Roosters. So, as we did say, we've both tipped the um, the Eels to be yeah up there in terms of favouritism for the competition. And I think against the Roosters, 
last night. They they certainly did cement that spot. Um, they well, they you know they deserve to be in the conversation. That's for sure. After their performance, they hit the lead with what fifteen to go, something mm. like that. And James Tedesco went off, and you sort of thought, here we go, the Eels will, you know, they'll close this out. Um, they they did it unfortunately, but to be in that position. I think is is really good signs for the Eels. They just need to work on that composure now and, and not having those lapses in concentra- mm. in concentration when they might have maybe thought that you know they'd got to the lead and it was going to be all, all easy from here. But and you got to remember that the team they're up against is back to back premiers. So. Well, yeah, I was just going to say but the the Roosters they showed their class in the end, didn't they? Yeah, uh, it wasn't and, like and that's that probably why they deserve to be. Yeah, it wasn't like they've just gotten over the top of the doggies or Titans. <laughs> no, um, they've. You know, they're in it with the best of the best. And it just showed that Roosters are still serious contenders, contenders as well. So Yeah, I mean, they could be the first person since the Eels back in the 80s to seriously look at going three in a row. No. I, I, yeah. So you're right. Couldn't imagine right. seeing right the Broncos off. Oh, mate, after the last couple of performances, you know, <laughs> sometimes you get things wrong. And yeah, I'm yeah. happy to say that I may have been wrong there. I'm not going to write them off yet, but oh, but, yeah, it doesn't look good. Mm. But I think they still have the team to turn it around, but... Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, <laughs> but... good so far. Yeah, looking at the Roosters, though, seriously, they're, they're just on another level at the moment. I mean, to come off a... They came off a five-day turnaround, let's not forget. Mm. And it's not just an ordinary five-day turnaround which teams have had before. This is one where they're expecting six, and at late notice, they got five. Um, and then they've come out, and they just showed no signs of fatigue. They come out, they were fast. Um, they were really accurate with all of their, their movements and plays. And they just don't look like slowing down. And Luke Keery is a, for me, has really been the key in the halves this year. The way he's controlling that team around the paddock, he's just allowing the likes of Boyd Cordner and Angus Crichton to um, do their job out wide, hitting holes. And then you, you know, I know, I know Liam's going to get up me here again, but uh, you know, you let the Morris boys and, and those outside backs do their job. And you know, again, last night. Some of those old boys for the Roosters um, were just fantastic. But, but not only in attack, but also defensively as well. Yeah, exactly right. The, you know, and it, the thing for the Roosters is they're just so well drilled that everyone knows their job. Mm. Um, you know, in each play, they don't. A lot of teams you'll see they'll set to a play. Um, you know, it might take two or three tackles to get there. They'll take their shot, and then you know it might take them another one or two plays, and then they'll take their last shot for the set. Not with the Roosters, mate. They'll. They might take one, one, two tackles to have their shot, and then they'll have another shot straight back at the other side or down the short side. They, they're just that well drilled that they get themselves set straight away. And mm. you know, again, that's just the class that they're showing at the moment. And and yeah, so, but anyway, I think we saw last night a bit of a taste of finals footy already, yeah. and we're only at round five, so that's exciting to see. And I think the Eels will definitely, definitely, they've got some upside, and they'll take a lot out of that loss last night. So, uh, that'll be good. But um, looking at the top eight, I'll, I'll just read out the top eight for, for everyone as it stands at the moment because not a whole lot's going to change even with this afternoon's games. So if you haven't seen already, we've got the Eels are on top, Knights, Panthers, Roosters round out the top four, and then you've got the Raiders, Storm, Rabbits, and the Seagulls at the moment sorting to um, eighth position. So... This afternoon, if the Raiders win, they'll move into the top four. And if the Seagulls win, then they'll move up a little bit as well. But outside of that, the Dogs and the Sharks, they've got no impact on the top eight this afternoon. 
at just, all. I just want to confirm for listeners, where are the dogs right now? The dogs, I believe, are, oh, I think, second last. I hope we're not last. Second last. Yeah, I think we're second last. So sure. Yeah. Right, moving on. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I don't really, honestly, I don't really see the top eight changing a whole lot from that. I mean, you might see, yeah, teams moving in and out of that top four. But realistically, outside of maybe uh, the Broncos, I know I'm holding on to this. And, uh, but if, you know, they've got the team that if, I don't think it's going to take a whole lot to fix their problems. You know what I mean? They've, they've got a really good team there. Something's just got to click. Something maybe from the coaching just has to change just around what they're doing with these six agains. They just give too many away mm. uh, and, you know, they're just gassing themselves. So if they can fix that sort of stuff up and get their halves involved, you know, I, I, I think they can still make the eight and still be in finals footy this year. And the Tigers, well, they're just a mixed bag, aren't they? You know, there's, there's always a good laughter going around the Tigers where they... Their position is in ninth, and that's where they finish every year. So, yeah, yeah. you know, they if, just haven't got that consistency, do they? If, if they can find some consistency, um, that they 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 potentially they can creep in the eight. But outside of that, I don't see too many. What do you think of the Storm? Well, I mean, <coughs> excuse me, the Storm. Are, I don't know. I had this conversation with a couple of boys on when they played Friday night, <coughs> and we talked about you know whether or not Brandon Smith should play more. At hooker and Cameron Smith should move more into a first receiver to, to allow that younger blood through the middle. But at the end of the day, I think they're going to be there and abouts. They're just, again, they're, they're like the, the Roosters. They're a well-drilled team. They're always going to be in the contest. And when you've got the likes of Cameron Smith still there, you can't write them off. I don't think they can win a premiership, but they'll be in the finals. Yeah. They'll, they'll be good enough to win the, be in the finals. Yeah, I agree. I just I think there's probably... Bit too much talent coming through for some other teams, you know, um, Penrith and and um, probably the Knights, yeah, and yeah, the Eels, who are just gonna have too much firepower for them. But they'll they'll be there. They'll they'll probably win more than they lose, obviously. So yeah, exactly. I mean, to round out today, we're gonna look at the Knights and the Panthers in the NRL. Uh, firstly, we'll, we'll look at the Knights because they're in second position, uh, and to have a look at their records so far, uh, both well, actually both of these teams, uh, they've won four. They have lost only one, and they they drew one, and that was actually against each other. So they're going quite well. And the teams that uh, – so the Knights, they beat the Raiders quite convincingly. And then the week after, they, they competed well with the Storm, who, you know, the Storm are still, you know, a benchmark of the competition. They're, mm. they're not easy beats. So they competed with them. They lost their way a little bit in that, in that match, and that probably cost them in the end. But overall, they – they played pretty well, and again, they're going to get a lot out of that. Um, and then they, they, they put the Broncos away on Thursday night, which they did it quite comfortably. And I just look at it, a couple of players that stand out for me is um, Caelan Ponga and Mitchell Pierce. Their attacking flair together, their combination, and Mitchell Pierce's direction around the field for his big boys is, is fantastic, and his game management. You know, he's copped a lot of criticism throughout his career playing for New South Wales, but uh, you know, I'm a Queensland supporter, but I've always actually been a big fan of Mitchell Pearce and the way he plays at club footy. I think he's maybe a little bit underrated, and I think, yeah, he's been a fantastic pickup for the Knights, and, and he's showing um, what he can do there. And along with their front row combination of David Clemmer and the Saifidi brothers, in particular Daniel, who on the weekend picked up a try, ran for 217 metres, had six tackle breaks and 23 tackles. Um 
they they've got a lot of go forward mm-hmm. with some big boppers up front. So yeah, I think the Knights. Uh, I, I know I said this. Actually, this was my other prediction. Everyone likes to remind me of my Broncos prediction, but I did say um, when we come back that I think the Knights will be top eight this year, and so far so good. And I think they can really keep building off that. Yeah, but you also said Broncos would win the premiership. So, oh, or, I'd like to. I'd re- like to actually hear re-play. what I said there. Yeah, I'd like to read that. I don't think I said. I think I said I'd tip them top four, and I said top two finish, which. Let's be honest, that's that's probably out of the window now, but I'll go back on that and say top eight finals. So you just you're hoping for one out of two. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. that's not too bad. And then lastly the Panthers. So um they came within a try of beating the Eels last week. And I think that was I think we all overlooked that like just how well the Panthers played. They they controlled that game for seventy out of eighty minutes. Um they're up ten nil. It was yeah, there was a 10-minute streak there from the Eels that just where they just ran over the top of the Panthers. Outside of that, you know, they've been fantastic. Nathan Cleary's game management for his age is just next level at the moment. And then don't forget that the Roosters actually, they beat the Roosters in round one this year mm. uh, pretty well. And now they've come up and they beat the Storm. So the Panthers, they're, they're going well and they need to... Yeah, they're, they're going to be a team that, that people uh, that other teams need to look out for. They've got the likes of Api Corosau, who's really supporting Nathan Cleary from dummy half. And then one of the one of their most underrated players, I think his work ethic is just through the roof, is Isaiah Yo. And he's just a workhorse in attack and defense. He averages 151 meters per game, and he tackles at his tackle efficiency is at 96%. So he's just an absolute weapon and the way that he just links the halves together through the middle of the field is very crisp, um, and he can either take the line on or he can just pop a nice ball out the back and, and allow the backs to do their thing. And Yeah, they, they just look really good at the moment as well. Their team's still gelling, and they've got plenty of upside. So, yeah, that's that's the top eight, and, and there's a couple of teams there to look out for. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be a good finish to the year. So, have you got any other NRL news for us, mate? No, mate, not at the moment. That is it for me. I'll be back for the halftime rubdown a little later on where I'm going to have a blow-up again, so stay tuned. But, mate, what's happening in the AFL world? Well, yeah, some some pretty uh, exciting stuff. There's one headline that has dominated everything else. Um, You know, there's been a few um, few underdogs win this weekend, which has just been overshadowed by uh, the COVID situation. So let's quickly go through the round so far. Um, first game on the Thursday night was the, the Hawks toppling the Tigers, which I didn't see coming. Absolutely smashed them, didn't they? Uh, they were without Dusty, uh, the Tigers, but I don't think this is too much more than a little blemish on their 2020 season. The, the Tigers are definitely still going to be serious, serious contenders at the end. I'll, I'll just ask you a question there, mate. I saw this on going the rounds on social media. Uh, do the Tigers rely too much on Dusty, or are you willing just to throw that... Defeat, you know, just out the window on, on the week, uh, on Thursday night? Or is it, like, do they have a serious problem with Dusty's not playing? I don't think so. I, I think... Okay, okay. I think this is just a little blip on the radar for them. Yeah. Um, the Hawks... Hawks too good. Like, You've got to give them credit, yeah. yeah they yeah. they really showed up and they showed that they could be serious contenders. Um, I have said that I'll be sort of ninth and 10th at the end of the year, but they could be one of those teams... Um, like your, your Broncos Tigers or Broncos. Tigers who yeah. if they turn it on and they're consistent they, they could be up there 
Um, but they just they showed up. Tigers didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think um, the Tigers could. I, I think they'll win more than they would lose, even without Dusty. Yep. They've just got too much firepower there, all across the board from from back um, through the midfield and then up forward as well um, with your rebolts and whatnot. Um, in game number two, the Giants were pretty disappointing against the Dogs, but the Dogs did show up as well. I'm going to talk about that in more detail shortly, so we'll skip over that. Two weeks in a row, though, Yeah, for, for the yep. Giants. Jeez, they're starting to look a bit lacklustre, aren't they? Well, I, I a bit did, of a hangover? Yeah, I think so. I, I actually said that they'll be down the bottom of the eight as well, yep. and I just think after making the finals and getting absolutely pumped last year, they'd still be there, but I reckon they'll go out in finals and straight sets if they end up being there. Um, but the Dogs were good. Um, the Swans just lasted out, out um, against the Roos, so that was a pretty close contest. But again, two teams I just don't think will be there at the end. Um, Collingwood definitely showed that they're serious um, yeah. again this year. They they mopped the Saints up um, pretty convincingly. I think it was about 40 points in the end. And yeah. um, I'm just amazed at how many options they have to kick a goal as well, um, Collingwood. They've got... Some big forwards. I don't even think I didn't catch the whole game, but did Mason Cox play the big, big? American? Mate, I, I sort of I was just keeping up that would update with the school last night or yesterday afternoon, so I I didn't see it myself. Yeah, but. yeah. Oh, I don't think you did, but with with a couple of their big forwards like Mycheck, he's he's got an unbelievable set of hands and he can just kick it from anywhere. If he's within fifty five meters, it's you know I'd nearly write him down as a goal. Yeah. Then some of their um, some of their small forwards. Um, you know your likes of um Degoe and whatnot. Well, yeah. he's not even that small. Like he's he's a meter ninety, but yeah. Um, you know he can kick it from anywhere, and they've just got so many options. I think if they're not there at the end, um, there'll be something wrong. Um, Carlton, your boys, mate, mate. Does it? They know, got it. They yeah, got they it did. Really. They fell in in the end. They're up by forty two. Yeah. With a quarter to play, and and Geelong nearly come back and beat them. But yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think this is. They're going to go down as just a lucky win, I reckon, for this. They hey? Look, being up 40 points obviously shows that the Cats were asleep for three quarters. Mm. If you lose after being up 40 points, there's something wrong. There's definitely something wrong. And as I pointed out to you before, I know you lost a multi over this. The, the, <laughs> Thanks the for Cats probably up. should have won. Yeah. I don't know if it... We should probably put some footage up of this because it is... I think we will, yeah. Let's do it's it. It's amazing. I didn't realise this happened. This is the only game I haven't watched... Um, at all, I didn't watch any of this game, but um, Radigalia, he um, <laughs> standing on the goal line. Um, Tom Hawkins from about fifty out kicks for goal, dead eye through the middle. Um, Radigalia jumps up and punches the ball out. Yeah, like it, it, I don't understand. He had about three foot on the defender. He could have a taken the mark and then he's gone in to keep the goal himself, or he should have just left it. It was going well through. Yeah, it was about ten foot high. He jumped. He honestly jumped three or four foot to knock this ball out of out of the goal. I don't know what happened. It had to have been he must have thought he was fullback or some of that and um but that probably lost you your multi, I reckon. It did, yeah. I mean I lost a multi by two points and that was Geelong at yeah. dollar eighteen losing yeah. to Carlton. So, so yeah, I should have just went with my gut. And um obviously a sore point here in the next game, but uh Lions just way too strong for um for the Eagles. Yeah. They're also without Steph Martin. Um, so they brought in Archie Smith for him. Um, but Oscar McInerney, uh, he really showed that he's um, he's a serious ruckman. Um, he went sort of toe-to-toe with Nick Nat. Nick Nat did have the better of him, but um, like he, he was definitely out there and took a few good marks up forward and kicked a couple of goals. So 
I think he, oh, maybe he only kicked one, but yeah, yeah definitely went well. And they're also without um, Zorko in the middle, so they go. really relied on Lockie Neal to um, step up, and he sure did. And some of those other young good guys, you know, your, your berries and whatnot, they um, they really put in and they showed that they're definitely going to be up there, I reckon, at the end of the year too. How'd Charlie go yesterday? Um, For those that got... took our Coleman medal. Yeah, if you put, I think you're still pretty safe. Look, I, I looked at this before, actually. I'd, I'm, I'm just going off the top of my head here, so I don't know the exact stats, but yeah. there's about four small forwards or midfielders, actually, that are currently leading the Coleman medal. Um, Zach's checking it for me right now, but... Um, well, how did Charlie go? I think he got... Uh, did Charlie. he get a goal? He, he got, got a goal. goal. He got a goal. He got one. But as long as he's getting one, and then I, I think he's got the potential to get those bags every, every three or four couple. games. Yeah. Mm. Um, I reckon he'll definitely be up there. So, um, And Lions series contenders. I don't want to talk too much about the Eagles because I'll just be full of excuses <laughs> for them. But look, I, I think they've just looked pretty sloppy and pretty asleep for the last two games. Yeah. Um, and I'll obviously make mention of the fact that they are... Um, staying out of their their usual um, zone, they've been over here for, for four or so weeks now. Yeah. Um, they're living in a, out of a hotel essentially, and whilst it may sound like a heap of fun living on a golf course, um, which is where they are, um, like it, it just out of normal environment, they're away from family as well. They've got to be feeling the pinch a bit. Um, yeah, so, similar situation to the Warriors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Freo. And Freo. Yeah, I was going to say Freo are in the same, same boat scenario as well. So. You've got other teams who are having to make sacrifices, and I, I think that's what the 2020 season is going to come down to. Um, not, please, anyone who's listening, I'm not writing the Eagles off. Oh, I was just going to say, though, they, for all, you know, for all the excuses that you know, they do have, and I'll, I'll give you that one, they've still got a good roster. They should be doing, oh, yeah. they should yeah. be doing better than they should be 44 doing and 30-point losses in the last two yeah. weeks. Certainly. And I think I'll just, whatever happens, they'll be able to turn around. They've got too much... Strength across the whole board not to turn it around. So, um, Suns versus Crows is happening right now. Um, here's a little stat for you. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yep. Because we've both got our money on the Suns. Yep. Adelaide Crows yep. are still the only team to never be beaten by the Suns. So, the Suns will actually have to get over them this afternoon to uh, take well, that off their record. You know, records are made to be broken, mate. And yep. Oh, I think, oh no, it's going ha- to happen. Today's the day. I'm going fingers crossed. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's just a little stat. Um, we're watching it right now. It's a zero goals three um, to the, the Gold Coast at the moment. So they've got their ball in the forward 50, uh, but just not converting right now. So we need them to start scoring some points. That last um, play was a little bit erratic, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that didn't yeah. look great. Take, but, take um, a set shot from there. Yeah, moving Jeez. on. He was 55 out, mate. Come on. Well, he put it in a better spot. Yeah. Anyway, um, Freo and Port will be later on tonight. So that's an 8 o'clock game. I just I can't see Port going down to Frio, especially with, you know, how Frio, you know, they're in the same situation as West yeah. Coast. In Port, I've, I reckon they'll, like I said to you at the start, they'll be up there in the top four and um, they're sitting on top of the ladder right now, sitting pretty. So, um, But the big news is the Eston Demons game has been postponed. So Huge. if you haven't, haven't heard of this yet, um, I'm sure you're not going to hear it first on this Sporting well, you need to jump on our Facebook page because we reported on it. So yeah, exactly. If you, if, so, you, if you haven't heard of this, then you need to be on our Facebook to keep up to date. And if I'll say that, if you're not, if you're hearing this for the first time now, or anything on our podcast, and you haven't already heard it, it's probably because you haven't liked us on Facebook. So yeah, just get on there and do it. It's it's so simple. Um, but what has happened um, is Connor McKenna from the uh, Bombers. He's actually tested positive for COVID nineteen. Um, and so that means that the game that was scheduled for this afternoon um, 
has been postponed and it's not yet confirmed when this game will be made up. Um, but if everything goes well and obviously with the Bombers being in isolation at the moment um, and all the tests come back well with all the medical advice that they've got um, going on, then the games will still go ahead next weekend. So Bombers will play the Blues, the Carlton, yeah. um, and Demons will play the Cats. So there shouldn't be too much effect on the Demons at all. They're essentially just obviously being taken out of the risk of playing against any of the Bombers. Um, but again, it poses a question, we talked about this last week, about what actually happens when a player tests positive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, does that mean that all the Sydney players now need to go and get tested just out of, you know, pure um, risk mitigation because yep. they've, they played against the Bombers last weekend and um, there's a potential for some of them to be exposed as well. Yeah. Um, but I think the AFL have all the, their contingencies covered um, and it sounds like that they'll make this game up later in the year one way or another. Um, it might seem unfair. It might be like, oh, well, you know, they might have to play a four-day turnaround or some of that and, and make up another game. But again, that's just going to be the 2020 season for you. It's going to be a little bit different. Yep. Um, so look, I don't think it's too much drama. If, yeah, it's probably earlier than what the AFL would have liked, but um, it's happened. I reckon they'll deal with it and they'll just move on. Um, the next game, which you you must have watched this one because you texted me about 14 times um, during the Di- Giants and uh, Dogs game. Oh. You didn't like it, did you? Well, what was your big problem? Tell us. No, tell well, that's okay. So I, I thought just before the second game of the NRL starts, I'll flick it over and I'll, you know, I'll definitely watch the start of this AFL game. And before they even got out there, they've just, you know, the ball hasn't even been bounced yet. They're sitting there pushing, shoving, pulling jerseys like little school kids. Seriously, just get on with the footy. And like, yeah, I understand that it's, you know, they're trying to put players off and whatnot, but it didn't work for them, did it? Like, it, it probably backfired, if anything. They ended up getting spanked, and I think Bontepelli ended up playing quite well, which was who they were targeting. Yeah, look, I mean, what you've got to understand as well, though, is that there is a definite rivalry between these two teams. Well, just punch um, on then. <laughs> no, like, I, seriously, if, you, if you're going out there and we're talking about rivalry, there's no, like, there's no hard enough there to just there's, throw one. There's no Simbin in well, AFL, no Simbin, mate. so there's, what are they worried about? The, I mean, nothing. Yeah, so just punch him. It's <laughs> not what it's about. <laughs> They're out there to make a contest and, yeah, and yeah. show how strong this rivalry is. Like, if, if you... I'll, I'll take you through a few things because you're obviously completely uneducated about it. Um, the Giants, the, the, the whole Giants and, and Dogs rivalry actually started mm-hmm. um, even before the Giants played their first game, before they even played against each other. So yeah, right. there was a bit of a um, contract snub with uh, Callan Ward. Um, he was actually an up-and-coming star from the Doggies. And, uh, they stole they, him, didn't they? They pretty much stole yeah. him, yeah. They, um, they nabbed him. Um, so before they'd even played against each other for the first time, there's already this little rivalry going on. The best game that they've, they've both played in was the 2016 prelim final. Um, this, was, this was an absolute cracker of a game. Um, the Dogs weren't even supposed to be there. They were, they were I think, seventh after the regular season. Um, they were pretty much written written out. The Giants were predicted to win and go to the grand final and, and basically make their mark as, as premiers. Yep. Um, but the Doggies actually um, knocked them out in the prelim, then went on to beat Sydney the next week, who again, Sydney was supposed to dispose of uh, the Bulldogs pretty comfortably. So they actually broke the 62-year drought that day. And that game, I think they ended up winning 
by four points. Um, something happened like Toby Green took a mark, leveled the game, and then I can't remember the exact who, who it was, but one of the players obviously um, kicked a goal to, to seal the deal, and um, it was just an absolute ripper of a game. Um, and then the whole um, the Tom Boyd scenario as well. So he was um, on the Giants list. Yep. Um, I th- think he was number one draft pick. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously a big contract snub again with uh, what uh, Western Bulldogs offering him. He's on some ridiculous amount of money, um, like you know eight hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that. Unfortunately, not playing at the moment um, with some ongoing uh, issues. But he's definitely could have been a superstar if he was out there. Um, but there's there's just this rivalry between the two teams in such a short history, which is pretty cool to see. Um, I I know what you mean. Like you want to go and just see the footy go on, but um. Obviously, there's that you know push and shove that happens in in AFL real footy, um, that it's just part of the game. Like it's been there for a hundred years. Leave it alone. They'll they'll just go out and do it. Um, what we're seeing now though is um, fines being handed out left, right, and centre. So yeah, <laughs> fifteen players from that game. I started writing down the list of names, and I thought well, this is going to take me all day. So I just ended up writing down the the total players, but fifteen players. So eight Bulldogs players and seven Giants players got handed out either a $500 or $750 fine um, for basically striking or or um, jumping, punching or not in that game. So a um, bit of revenue there for the well, AFL. AFL making bank after COVID shutdown. Just, you know, obviously <laughs> people not coming to the stadium, so they're boosting a bit of revenue there. So. Yeah, good. Um, but oh, I think let it let it go on. No one's, no one's going and hit someone like dangerously. They're just... They're just roughing each other up, that's all. Get over it. Mm. Anyway, you've got a problem. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about was this week, uh, sorry, next weekend, um, with a few restrictions being lifted um, here in Queensland, we're going to see up to 10,000 people at the Gabba um, for the Lions and Crows games. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, moving very quickly, it's sort of almost like the opposite to what's going to happen, I'd say, down in Victoria because you've got a situation where there's coronavirus scares with, um, say, the Bombers and, and um, a Victorian club. Yeah. And up here, everything's pretty sweet, so we actually could potentially see a 10,000-strong crowd um, as of next weekend. So I think the ruling is that they can have up to 25% capacity That's in awesome. the stadium. So Metricon um, for the Port versus Eagles game and then the Suns and Frio game um, could have up to 6,000 people as well. So yeah. at least for the, for the players... Um, and for fans, it gives a bit of a normality return. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I That's probably won't easy. grab a ticket. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stay at home just until West Coast start winning <laughs> and I'll go and have a look. Mate, that's uh, AFL News Done and Dusted. Fantastic. Time for the half-time rubdown. I know, know you're ready to block me, <clears> so let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I'm just going to start by saying this is something that... Like, I don't, don't want to talk about this sort of stuff, to be honest. Like... We've just, we've just, well, look, we've just gone through some really good NRL and AFL news you know, all positive, and it's taken us, you know, we're 43 minutes into this now, and we're talking about nothing, really, nothing negative. Maybe you could probably say the Warriors yeah. coaching thing was a little bit negative. But apart from that, it's all been good stuff, and so it just, it, it grinds my gears that we have to talk about this, but I want to because just the way that um, things are perceived, again, through the media, is just, it just grinds my gears, it pisses me off, and so here we are again. Two weeks in a row talking get, about it. Get on with so it. So here we go. You're pissing me off because you're taking yeah. so long. So last week, if you didn't see, Cameron Smith um, 
during the, the game with the Knights, called out and said, he's offside, sir, and then the referees turned around and blown a penalty. Well, the fellas on NRL 360, Paul Kent and um, Crawley, decided that we're going to make a big deal out of this. Let's call Cameron Smith out. Let's sell some headlines. Let's get on the bandwagon of Smith's a referee and all this sort of stuff and how uh, disrespectful it is and, you know, it's not... it's. There's no gamesmanship there and all this sort of stuff. And my big gripe with this is every single player on the field ever has yelled out to the referee and said, get him on side, sir. Okay? Like, it's not like he's, Cameron he's Smith has done anything. He's been doing it all game. Let the boys play. Like, seriously. I just to come out and make a headline of that and make it a story and particularly, you know, target specifically Cameron Smith who, who and the, the Storm. Who are these two, Paul Kent and who? Um, Crawley, what's his name? Are they are they Probably New South yeah. Wales? Yeah, it's a, it's New South Wales man. That's that's where I'm going oh, with this. God. Is again, um, what you've got is a situation where I think they're trying to unsettle the storm. It happens all the time because later on in the week, there's again the same thing. This is still pissing me off. Um, there was a rumor where Craig Bellamy, the coach of the Storm, was going to the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs come out and said we haven't spoke to him at all. Bellamy has then come out and said, look, after my contract expires, I'm, I'm thinking about retirement. So again, it's a non-story that we've blown up, and it seems pretty convenient that it's, that it's to do with the storm mm. um, halfway through a season. So yeah, it just grinds my gears, and I just, again, don't understand why we give it the time of day, and then you get, you know, you get your, your people going, oh yeah, Cameron Smith, he's, he's the referee, and you see all the memes go around. I just think it's shit. Like I saw last night, Jake Friend stood at dummy half and yelled out, six again, sir, or get him on side, sir. And yet, I, I guarantee you, I, I challenge you, NRL 360, make a story of it this week, Jake Friend and how unsportsmanlike he is. Or in the Broncos game the other night when I heard the Newcastle Knights players say, come on, sir, six again, six again. Well, especially in this environment where there's no fans either. They're, you're going to hear everything on the field. and So that sounds like a challenge to Paul Kent. You, Zach wants to blow you, mate. So it's just a Get joke. in contact with Project Sports HQ and we'll set up a boxing match. Just seriously, I can't, believe that. I can't believe that was a story. I can't believe we gave that headlines after, you know, after a great week of footy. Um, and then move, moving forward again into some more media beat-up is looking at Latrell Mitchell. So... I just want to keep this nice and short, but Latrell Mitchell, if you didn't see, had supposedly shed some tears in the sheds after the, the win on Friday night. It's not really known why. He, uh, Wayne Bennett in the press conference was asked what it was about. Wayne basically said, it's none of your business, which I totally agree with. Don't think it's any of our business, really. Um, and then you've seen uh, there's stuff on Facebook about you know these headlines about, oh, it's because he's stuck in the player bubble and he, he's struggling with that. And then you hear um, the comments of, oh, that's what we're all doing, rah, 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 get, get over it, you sook. Well, for a start, we don't actually know if that's true at all. Yeah, oh, it's just a headline. Like, it's just a headline again. That, that some, someone trying to make a name for himself has just put up a, a headline that they don't even know if that's why. And look, even if it is, and if you've dealt with COVID perfectly fine and, and you're awesome, well, good on your champ. But that doesn't mean that everyone else has to feel that way as well. If he wants to shed a tear after the game because he's missing his family or 
how do we know that he hadn't just received some bad news about a friend or family member or something yeah. like that? Like, we've got absolutely no idea what it's about. So just what I'm getting at here is get over it. It's not about business. So they've essentially gone out and, and tried to make a story of it without actually going, I wonder if he's okay. Yeah. If his well, how about his welfare? Like, seriously, then you've got players... Oh, if you want to roast Latrell Mitchell because you don't like him as a player and you think he played like shit on Friday night, absolutely go for it. Tell him. Like... Have you comment about, oh, he didn't make as many metres, he's not as good as Tedesco, or he's not he's not a good fullback, or whatever you want to say. But don't kick a bloke when he's clearly down about mm. something when, you know, it's the old saying. Especially after he's gone and mopped up the Warriors. Yeah. Don't don't judge a man before you've walked a mile in his shoes. It's yeah. the old saying. And, yeah, yeah I think people, when, you, when you're on social media, you really need to have a look at that because, again, I've, got, I've looked at some stuff on, on any team that loses and the amount of supporters that absolutely bag the shit out of players and tell them to you know that their family should be ashamed of them or they should go kill themselves etc is just ridiculous and you're a coward seriously if you if you're going to write that on someone's um social media page i don't care how much they're getting paid or whatever okay it's yeah it's not on so so that's to recap mm -hmm. nrl 360 yeah, uh, if you're looking for new commentators, Zach Rubb and Corey Walski are available, and we'll just tell. We'll sit there with Benny Ivan. He stuck up for Smithy. Well, yeah, so he should. And basically, just said fellow golfer, gamesmanship. fellow golfer Ben Ivan. <laughs> you know, you you know the struggles of being a golf golfer yourself, and we understand you. So, look, get us on the show. We'll just tell the shit as it happens, as it really is, and and uh, I reckon the ratings will go through the roof as soon as the Rubb and Walski and Ivan show start happening. Yeah, and just. I don't I, the media is just obviously fixated on talking about bad stories. Like talk about some good stuff. Like we've just done it for forty odd minutes, and there's plenty out there. So you except can get your headlines now, in other ways. Except for now, we're gonna fight. Well, yeah, that's journals, so. that's that was the next seven minutes. So yeah. I didn't count that. But we will. <sighs> well, I better. Oh, well, I feel better anyway. So drink your water, settle down. I want to get into our A to Z sports, everyone, so we can wrap this up. And get on with the uh, the Suns and Crows game, which is currently 13 to zip. One goal, seven. So they've had their opportunities, but come on, boys. Alrighty. A to Z Sports with the E this week. What do you think I've got for you, Zach? Well, actually, I did have a bit of a Google over this on the weekend to see what I thought you'd come with. From. I actually had something I forgot, and all that springs to mind now is a question. It's not going to be that, but... Oh, I've got no idea, so let's get on with it. Well, uh, uh, look, this could be slightly controversial. Um, this is just purely out of popular requests. Unless, unless you've gone with, like, eSports or something. No, I haven't gone no? with eSports. Okay. This is hold on, hold on. Then. I, I just found it. The one that I thought you might have went was European Handball. Yes, I've gone European Did you? Handball. Yep. There you go. Okay, yep. that's that's actually... I, I just Googled it there, and that's what I had. I just want to say, though, the correct definition by the... Um, Olympic Committee is that it's actually named handball. I've, I have found this out after researching European handball as my letter E. So you're actually doing H today? No, I'm doing you're E. You're trying to skip ahead? No, I'm not skipping ahead. I'm doing E purely because also this was just popular request as well. I had multiple people ask me to do European handball. Um, I will say that there's, it's not that rich of a history, but it's basically basketball and dodgeball on steroids. So, Excellent. Um, have, you, have you watched a game before? Or? No, I haven't actually. It's, it's crazy. Like, you know, 
there's no simmies in European handball, but I, I guarantee if the NRL referees went on there, they'd be simbing everyone. Oh, I'm unprofessional. Get on side. That'd be, that'd be You'd have kids. Cameron Smith yelling at it. Yeah, You'd hear me in the yeah. group going, send him off, sir. <laughs> anyway, European handball, um, it actually got introduced to us in the late, um, uh, sorry, uh, end of the 19th century. Um, first sort of reports are, um, from Sweden um, in 1910. And um, the first sort of documented games were actually played on an open field with 11 players. So if you haven't ever seen European handball before, essentially you've got your players on each team. Um, they have a, a ball that looks like a dodgeball um, and they can either dribble it and run as they dribble. Um, they can take three steps and pass it. Um, and they can hold it for no longer than three seconds unless they're dribbling. Yeah. Um, apart from that, the only other rule is they've got to shoot from um, outside of the, the goal circle, I guess you'd call it, or yeah. an arc as they call it. Um, but I think there's only about five rules. Um, goalkeepers can kick it, um, but apart from that, every other player must either hit the ball with um, anything above their, their knee. Um, they can whack the ball forward, they can dribble it like basketball, or they can throw it like um, netball. Yeah. Um, it was introduced into the Olympics in 1936, um, so that was as the field version, which is 11 players. It then got dropped until 1952, and then it was just a, like a one-off in 1952 again. Then it re-entered the Olympic history back in 1972 in the Munich um, um, Olympics in Germany. Um, and then females were introduced into it in 1976 to so the, the Olympics after in Montreal and Canada. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't, definitely doesn't have the rich history like some of the other sports we've gone over. Um, but I found some interesting stats on um, some of the countries who've uh, sort of, I guess, been involved in it for a long period of time. Um, who have you got for the best uh, nation to take out European handball? Or handball, sorry, Olympic Committee. I'll, well, give, I'll give you a tip. It's know. not South Korea. I don't know. I've got no idea this week. Well, look, it's pretty well even. Um, Soviet Union have four gold medals. Yep. Denmark have four gold medals. And Yugoslavia have three gold medals. That's out of a potential 24. Yeah, so right. they have you know, 24 gold medals on offer in Olympic history. Um, and you've got a pretty even spread across sort of three nations there. It was then... Germany and East Germany, they must have been split up um, back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, they had, I think, three between them, and South Korea had two or three or something like that. So um, pretty even spread. Unfortunately, Australia has never done very well at European handball. We've only ever competed once, which was in Sydney in 2000. Um, the boys, the gents, they got 12th place out of 12 teams. Good. So if you... <laughs> If you're looking for a sport for your kids to get involved in, you want them to make the Olympics, maybe that's the, the go. Um, the ladies also competed. They got 10th out of 10 teams. So, well, we haven't done real well, Aussies, so we need to uh, improve in our handball skills. When I think of handball, I sort of thought about, you know, your handball over the line, and I would have made the Olympics for that if, if it was an Olympic sport. Not for European handball, but for like a bouncing handball. I would have definitely went to the Olympics. But um, apart from that, um, the only other things I can tell you is um, size of the field. So it's played on a court um, 40 metres long, 20 metres wide. Um, the goal is 2 metres high and 3 metres wide. Um, and 
you shoot from six metres away from the goal, um, the goal square essentially. So um, basically to shoot, you jump up, peg the absolute crap out of it at the goalkeeper and they try and stop it with any part of their body, legs, hands or face. If they're successful, it bounces off them and you can throw it back at them again. So that's where that dodgeball element comes in. Um, but it's a very interesting sport. I'd love to have a crack at it one day. Um, but I don't think I'll be going to the Olympics, so, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, that's European handball. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Well, that, um, that just wrap, about wraps us up. I know the footy's into finish of the first quarter, so we're going to wrap it up here um, so we can uh, take this off mute and um, watch the rest of the Crows and the Suns game. Um, but um, as a big favour, if you've liked listening to us for the last few weeks or if this is the first time you've tuned in, if you can do us a favour... Jump on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review um, and make sure you follow the podcast. Also jump on Facebook and Instagram um, and like those pages as well. Um, We'll see you back here next week um, for another episode of Project Sports. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for listening. And just also keep an eye out in the next couple of weeks on our Facebook page for some giveaways. Oh yes, I'm excited about that. um, Yeah, we're going to... It's a work in progress, but uh, when we have a little bit more information, keep an eye out for that. And, yeah, share us around so that you'll be ready to go for that one. Can just to clarify, can hosts of Project Sports win the giveaway? No. No. Okay. It's not that exciting, but (laughs) get around it anyway. You could win some stuff, so that'd be cool. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll get into the footy, and uh, we'll see you next week. Lovely. Talk to you next week.